Hello and welcome to The New Photographers. Before we begin, a quick intro. My name's Emma. I'm a photographer and an improv comedian based in New Zealand. If you are someone who likes ideas, someone who finds the future exciting, and someone who thinks that life's more fun if we can fail together rather than succeed alone, then you're the person I have in mind with this project. At the moment, it's an experiment. I've got a list of names of really interesting photographers and this vague sense that they might have more to share with you than just their favourite lenses or their social media strategies. So this is going to be a podcast of conversations. I welcome your thoughts and feedback, but most of all, I hope it is useful and interesting to you. So thank you for listening and welcome to the very first episode. Mike Hill is an award-winning portrait and wedding photographer who lives with his wife and daughters in the small town of Wahi, New Zealand. Mike's well-known in New Zealand both for his art and his social conscience. We caught up back in May and began our chat by talking about photography awards. The whole idea, like, you know, it's easy to get caught up in stuff, and I've done that many times, and you, you feel that you might need to validate yourself even more and the more you do that you, that's where my honesty keeps coming back into me and I'm thinking well why am I validating myself if it's my own personal work then why should I have others validate me when I should ultimately just be thankful and happy with the own images I create if they're truly for myself I think the more you get involved with the awards and so forth or even with maybe your viewership on Facebook or social media stuff, the more you play into it, the more you drift away from who you are and you start to get a little bit lost. So, you know, coming back to it again is, for myself is purely honesty. That's my biggest thing is being honest with myself, understanding and questioning my actions on everything, um, learning to accept people for who they are, learning to give more. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that I'm chasing at the moment is to be as selfless as I possibly can. And if you're going to do that, honesty is a huge part of that. So I, I look at, you know, you could take photography if you want or anything else really for that matter. People are so selfish. They chase their own things. They're full of materialism, commercialism, you name it. And there's not enough people in my opinion, uh, caring and giving back to those in need. I'm trying to learn to live with a lot less in my life and give a lot more. That's what works for me at the moment. I'm pretty much been like this since since as long as I can remember. Even my mum's always... My, my father used to call me an old man even when I was 10. An old man? Yeah, because of the way I would think. Think a little bit differently, I suppose. Or... I just like to give and help, and I don't think that's a bad thing, yeah. you know. And currently now, like I love chainsawing trees down, and you know, it's it's a good adrenaline rush. And then I don't need to pay to go to the gym because I get to spend hours splitting wood. And this morning I dropped two more loads of uh, firewood off to people that need it. You know what I mean? They haven't got the money to pay for it, and it's getting cold. And why not? So I don't know what the byproduct of giving stuff away is, that I lose weight and get fit, or I'm not too sure, but 
I just enjoy doing. Yeah, so you're, but you're still getting something out of it. Yeah, oh, most definitely, yeah. yeah. I'm learning a lot about my community too, who's in it. Um, learning to accept other people for the who they are as opposed to just uh, trying to judge them. Mm. And we all judge. We all judge and we judge hard. But it's what you do with that judgment and how you use that judgment to better yourself. Uh, hi, Emma here. At this point in the interview, I suddenly seemed to fall in love with my own voice and talked for like a minute. So I'll spare you there and we'll cut back to the interview when we started to talk about feedback, about challenging yourself and constructive criticism. If you're asking for someone's opinion, it's best that they give you a true, honest opinion. And if they can accept you for that, then you both move forward and you can do better things together. Whereas instead of... Um, you know, there's plenty of situations where you get some photographers will say, oh, can you have a look at my work and tell me what you think of it? Um, I, I won't do it anymore because simply they don't want me to tell me, me to tell them how their work is. What they're really after is validation. I don't like to belong to any groups anymore. I, I find the, the more you belong to or the more or one or two that you want to give all your time to, the, the unfortunate side of it is you do become a little bit insulated and when you become so insulated you start to not let the outside world influence you or be open to other people's opinions. You want to keep it nice and safe in your little group so um, um, that's why I don't belong to them because uh, I'm not interested in the safety aspect of life at the moment. <laughs> I think on the whole, most wedding photography, just to um, pick on that, is I don't really see it as art anymore. It's just photography. For me, I, I personally prefer just the documenting side of it. I'm not um, interested in the, the vanity or the materialism of weddings. I, I like the document. I like the sociology of watching people interact. That's what I like. That's what draws me to a wedding and to portraits, not... Um, decorations on tables or <laughs> table decorations. No, I, I feel like maybe one day you'll get really into that just to be contrarian. <laughs> you make Mike's decorating business. No, it's yeah. I'm a details person, but details in a different way. Details in terms of what's on your table, I could care less. I'm very much uh, practical and functional. So for me, when I see people that have spent, uh, you know, a lot of money whitening their teeth, for instance. Um, I don't understand that. I, my mind does not understand that at all because our teeth and their function is purely to eat. So why do we need to do it? And the only reason we do it is vanity issues. That's pure and simple, to be honest. Yeah. And again, that's what honesty is. Strip it right back and understand it. People that start to chase stuff also forget stuff. They forget where they come. They forget that the need, the needy are still there. Um, again, you know, uh, I don't need to buy a new phone, but I'm going to because it's the latest phone out. Mm. You know, so you didn't need to buy it at all. You just want to buy it. And you could have used that money to go and help somebody else, but you haven't. You've chosen to fulfil your own life with more things you really don't need. I, I come from a very, uh, probably not the best background, as some will know. Both my parents have been in jail. I've um, struggled with some of our my upbringing and spent a lot of years as a very angry, 
misguided and I suppose disinterested male in life until I got into my 30s and that's where I sort of discovered a camera and more importantly probably um, met my wife which has set me on a more of a straight and narrow um, not that she'd she's probably so say so but uh, <laughs> she, she's awesome I, I never knew even what a computer was until I met her she had to tell me how to turn it on yeah so it's um she's been amazing she's always pushing me you know and arguments are always there as well but that's what relationships are about a lot of the time but she pushes me pretty hard and that's um that's a good thing uh i always push back um again i love a challenge and i love challenging people if you're gonna do anything in life and you expect something from someone else you've got to expect the same things back on oh, yourself just a yeah you're a hypocrite yeah. and a lot of the times that's what i've realized that i've become at times as a hypocrite so i needed to check myself honesty again I'm not that um, keen to see the amount of money that's spent on a wedding. Uh, I think we might have, my wife and I might have spent five grand uh, on our wedding, and that was everything, food, catering, dresses, um, whatever have you. You know, I think there were some details, I'm not too sure. We spent uh, $50 for our photographer. And still, like, I think how many times do I go back and look at the images and never... You know, so, and it's not that it's a time that I want to go back and look at. It's just my life's full of my kids and my wife. We're different people. You know what I mean? From the day that we got married, we had 120 people um, standing on a beach with us. Out of that 120 people, we probably maybe might see 20 of them now. Um, Life has moved on. We're, We're in different circles and doing different things. We want different things out of life now than what we did 15 years ago. I don't understand why anyone would want to spend that amount of money on um, a wedding. For starters, <laughs> I find it quite hard that people have to pay me upwards of $3,000, $3,500 to have me come and take photos of their wedding and I still don't understand sometimes what it is that makes me worth that much. And why would you spend so much on your wedding anyway, especially a photographer or your dress? Five grand on a dress you wear once seems ludicrous. Yeah. Would you go out and buy a car and drive it for one day and then walk away from it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So those are little things. It's like what would you spend, the maximum amount of money would you spend on something to use for one day? Because that's what it is. It's a one-day throwaway. And then you're hoping a videographer and a photographer will capture enough of those memories on that day so that you can revisit it. So for me, you know, the, the crazy thing is, and I see a lot of couples, um, mo- mostly female, saying this is going to be the best day of my life. Amazing. And they still do. They still think it's the best day of their life. Mm-hmm. My best day of my life was not my wedding. I married someone that I loved. That was cool. But right now I, I even look at the tradition of weddings and think, it's quite an archaic system. Why did I even get married? Well, I did because everyone else, that's what you do. But I didn't question enough at the time. So my happiest day in my life is the birth of my two, two children because they showed me completely different sides to myself. They brought me out of a, a shy shell into a, a, a different me. Um, and the biggest thing with that is I feel that, that they really showed me what love is.
and that's that's what children do to you. Um, then that's how it is. So for me, being a hypocrite, it's, there's a lot of things that I I still go along and photograph weddings, yet I don't even know if I believe in them anymore. Yeah. And that's just me, my personal thoughts. Would you and believe in them more if they were less about the wedding and just a family reunion? Yep. Um, I I did a wedding a couple of weeks ago for a couple that had both been married before, and they decided to these this couple decided to get married. They had twelve people there, nothing big, no details, no nothing, just the two of them getting married. And I realised that well, this wedding feels like it's more about love. And I asked them both, it's like, um, how come you just, they only wanted me for two hours, which was great. And I got to go and spend the rest of the day with my girls, so it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I asked them, why only two hours? Why not the big, you know, fanfare again? They says, oh, we've been there, cost too much. And it just, they felt it was a bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. They're in a different part of their life now and they didn't need to go down that same track, I suppose. For me, I also wonder, like, if you're meant to be in love with your partner and you decide well, this is the start to our life, why would you want to start it in debt? I suppose at the moment it's it's more how weddings have become out of control, okay? it's Every blog tells you you've got to have this at your wedding. Uh, we are just consumed and fixated on details, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Because if someone does something at one wedding, the other one wants to be even better. And all you're doing is spending more money for what seems like little to do with love. You know, like, I love a wedding that's got lots of connections and you know, people are crying and laughing and even fighting. Even fighting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's lots of dynamics and there's lots going on, there's lots to shoot. But, you know, I've found in the last few weddings that I've done, or this last season, that some of the weddings I've been to, the the bride's sitting in a room getting ready with her bridesmaids and they're all on phones. There's no talking going on, there's just that. And again, like it's not for me to interject and tell them to get off their phones. I'm never going to do that because I'm there to document it. So when they look back in 20 years and go, wow, what was in your hand? Yeah. Well, understand that that was quite an important part of history. Like I don't believe in taking phones away from ceremonies either because I think to look back in 20 years, it might be, a fair bit of comedy. Wedding photographers especially keep telling us that we're, we're storytellers. We're there to tell a story. We're not there to tell a story. We're there to capture images or segments of the day. That's not us trying to tell a story or being storytellers. The only people that are telling a story are the people that are there. When they look back upon the images, they will tell their own story. If I rocked up to you, and I took some photos and then I took those photos back home and wrote a story about you and then gave it to you and go, what the fuck is this? Because I know very little about you. But if I took the photos of you, gave them to you, and you wrote a story about yourself, then that would be a story. We can sit around saying, oh, yeah, it's awesome. I got to know them really well. Bullshit, you did. You turn up once, you hang out with them a couple of times, you take photos that you're not telling a story. They will tell a story using your images, not me. They'll look at it and they'll decide what the story is. It's their day, not your day, you know. Have you learned anything over the years from doing weddings? Oh, patience. Patience. <laughs> patience, uh, learning to bend over a little bit, knowing that sometimes the images that I want to create means that I've got to give a little as well. For me, there'll be images that I don't want to do. 
I don't want to do um, the ring and a bunch of flowers. To me, that is as boring as batshit. Okay, I just don't care for it. Again, I don't. Like, I'm not that interested in details. Mm. Um, but the bride might say, "This is what I want. This is what I think." And sometimes you've got to bend over and do a few of those shots. When I have a meeting with my clients now, I'll sit them down and I'll tell them, "Listen, I won't do rings and flowers. I won't do this, and I won't do that." And I make sure that we're very clear about what it is I do. I won't do lists anymore. I'm not interested in lists. I'm not going to go to a wedding and take a headshot of the bride in her dress, a half shot, a three-quarter shot, a full shot. You know, If you're truly there to document, that's not documenting. You're starting to catalogue instead of document. Catalogue no. versus document. Yeah. Can you break that? Well, if you go there and they've given you a list, like they've been on one blog and blog says they must get this shot, they must get this shot, that's a catalogue of images. You're not doing anything creative. You're, you, you know, and you've gone away from documenting it. You've become now a catalogue. You might as well have just brought along two lights and a backdrop and start shooting because that's how it feels sometimes. So for me, I go away from that. And by doing that with my clients, I sit them down and I show them a couple of slideshows of what I do. And I explain to them that what I won't do as well. And then if they don't like that, I'll give them more names of other people that will do it. And so why can't you just like suck it up and do that? I don't want to suck it up because then the job would become feel more like a job. You know? And if I, unfortunately for me, um, my face tells no lies <laughs> and if I'm pissed off my face shows that I'm pissed off if I'm bored my face shows that I'm bored so purely there is honesty coming out of my face all the time so for me to be happy I need to be doing the things that I like doing so that's the reason that I need to sell myself the images that make me happy at a wedding to clients and if they buy that then I'm in a happy place so I've been shooting weddings for 12 years so you, you get a fair bit of experience about that. So the things that get me excited at a wedding is learning how to interact with my clients so that they feel more natural and don't feel like they've been at a photo shoot. That's what I want. We get an hour, like my shoots go for, used to be two hours. And I was like, well, holy shit, that's a long time to spend. And as I'm starting to listen more and more to my clients, oh, we only want to do this and that. Sometimes now it's 40 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes because I know I can get everything that I need in that time and they still get to get back to their family and enjoy it because I'm just as, there's a little bit of the hypocrite in it. You know, here's all these details and here I am trying to feather my own cap so you could understand that, that honesty of, hey, I don't need to feather my own cap. I've got to put the rights of my clients first that have chosen me for my images so they get to spend more time with the people that matter because I kind of don't matter. I'm someone that they don't know and probably don't care for that much. They're happy to have the images at the end of the day, but they're not going to be stopping in, in my driveway with um, tons of venison or KFC and donuts for me. A few years ago, I showed Mike some of my photography and he was the first person who ever gave me really honest feedback. I asked Mike if any photographers had ever done that for him. Had a friend over from Mexico, as most of you will probably know, Fur. Um, 
he got to he stayed here at our place for five days. I got to do a wedding with him, and we sat down one day, and uh, he had a look through my work, my wedding work, my portrait work, and my personal work, which is my ocean stuff, and basically just began to tear me one on my wedding work about how my personal work is at a completely different level to my wedding work and then why was I putting some images on Facebook or social media when they obviously weren't my images and I had to really again be honest with myself and understand it and I spent a day in a in a mood and uh just going oh fuck this shit (laughs) and um then when I came out of the little cloud of um my what ego I had back then, um, and I understood it, then my images started changing again and, you know, constantly evolving. And that's the great thing about honesty. If you can find some photographers and you're into photography that are willing to give you actual honest feedback, um, then it's good. And I don't mean feedback as in saying, oh, your images are crap, dude, you should throw away your camera. I mean feedback that is positive feedback too. You know, like he talked to me about the motion and the way that I use um, slow shutters and so forth with my ocean work or my personal work or the way that I'm starting to use layers in my portrait work, yet none of that was really represented in my wedding work. And as soon as he said it, I was just like, just the big bing went off and I was like, man, he's nailed it that's what's been missing but I think I knew it anyway but I was just not honest enough with myself to to actually say it out loud and say listen you need to start pushing more of yourself into your wedding work what did you stop sharing I stopped sharing um the images that I thought would gain me more weddings and started sharing the images that would probably not as nice in images but the images that were probably a little bit more that I was stoked might be a funny moment might be the type of image that I prefer over the type of image that I thought everyone else would prefer and there's a huge difference and again that comes back down to honesty is do you truly and you have to get into that also that mindset of okay I'm going to share this image and it's probably going to get no likes because it's not the right image for the look that you've continually been putting out there. We like to think that we're um, all different or all telling our stories. Um, <laughs> again, we're not telling stories and we're not much different to everybody else. You know, I can look at some photographers that are extremely good in New Zealand, very uh, top-end, high-class, I suppose, photographers, but it's the same pose in a different landscape. There's not really much indifference. I know this might sound a little bit weird, but um, I don't believe I'm creative. So I don't, people are creative, don't get me wrong, but for me in photography, I don't believe I'm creative. I just believe that I like a challenge and it's very different. So the challenges that I've risen to this year is learn to use a chainsaw, you know, learn to drive a tractor, uh, now learning to um, be um, a first responder at St John's, it's challenges. I constantly rise to challenges and as soon as I feel that I have um, 
gotten as high as I can go or don't need to go any further, the, the challenge stops. And that's why I tend to walk away from a lot of stuff. Uh, one of the things I do enjoy about photography is that even though I've slowed it down a lot and probably looks more like a hobby now than a profession, is the money that I do get from that gives me time to do a lot more volunteer work and a lot more personal challenges in life and that's great you know spending the amount of time with my kids now is so much better than what it was six years ago something that I was really passionate about is now the passion is not there as much but I know I can still create the images to the same level now my passion is listening to stories at weddings not being a storyteller because that's full of shit <laughs> um, but listening to stories having time out to listen to dad you know father of the bride what he does for a living you know things that he's done in his life here's a wedding that i shot with uh jake thomas and we shot the official photographer's wedding and the light was just amazing and um they said you can have the best light hour and a half and the most primo light now they were in the middle of speeches and here me and Jake are just frothing at the mouth wanting to get out into the light because it was absolutely banging. But they're in the middle of their speeches giving huge conversations to everyone. We knew. We both looked at each other and said, they don't care. They're photographers and they don't care. And I don't mean it in a bad way. They were just lost in their family and friends. And that's when you realise, like, we don't really matter that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they were lost in conversation. That's a good thing, you know? So they were present. Where they, were. they weren't thinking about, oh, yeah, we've got to get out there, the light's good, we're just going to slam down all this and walk away from everything. They enjoyed what they were doing, and they enjoyed the people that they had around them. And the light that was mostly epic faded out, and we got five minutes at the end. But... I doubt they'll see it like that. What, what I've learned more about my clients in the last year has been, if you want to learn about a farmer, go and hang out with them, do some farm work. You know what I mean? That's what I've learned. If you want to learn something about someone, go and do their job. Go and hang out with them a bit, and you'll understand them a lot better. But we're not willing to do that because we're in our nice little fast lifestyle, need the latest toy, the latest everything, and we just want to pretend that we're awesome photographers so there's a lot more to it than that you want to know someone you need to go and get to know a little bit more about their life how can you tell a story about someone who chops wood if you've never chopped wood yourself simple you know you need the, you need the blisters on your hands you need to you know pack a ton of wood onto a trailer you need to work out why this person grimaces when he does it or why this person's hands look like steel one of the things I'm enjoying mostly about weddings now is listening because I used to think that it was all about me interpreting their day and you always have your own little agenda of creating the next best image um, and very rarely you listen. And then if you go there and you listen, you get to see a little bit differently, I think. I don't know if you know Jared Dobbs. So his sister's wedding, and I remember, I'm not a Christian, you know, I don't believe in God or anything like that but I believe in humanity okay and doing the good for humanity but I went to his sister's wedding as the photographer and Jared was there and Jared's dad got up and he talked about 
um, who's a, I think he's a, a priest or something like that, um, uh, whatever they are, those um, religious things. Oh, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but, um, and I remember listening, and he said the craziest thing about couples is that we give everything to each other and we learn so much about each other and yet we believe that we love each other so much but when we turn on each other we turn on each other worse than our enemies because we know all the little bits that make us destroy each other and we start to use them against each other and I was thinking wow I need to go back and apologize to my wife and start treating her a lot better than what I currently was because it's those little bits and pieces you learn to love about your partner that you end up using against them and that's pretty shitty and these are the things that you learn all the time accepting people whether they were into bad things or not you just got to move forward and enjoy life I suppose a little bit more but I, I just love listening now yeah in the last year, I've probably taken less photos of my children than I have um, in all the years put together because I just, I'm choosing to spend time with them as opposed behind the camera and being with them, um, I'm trying to be present and enjoy things with them. Is that's, that something they've rebelled against, like Dad? No, that's, that's just purely me. Mm. Uh, Don't you think you'll regret that? No. What are you going to do? Look back and say, oh, it was fun going down a, a mudslide that I took photos of, or was it better to go down the mudslide with your, your daughters? And that's what they remember. I keep trying to work out what is the importance of photography, and I struggle sometimes to see it, because as much as I can see that it is important and it can help uh, bring light on different situations in life, I also see it as a huge luxury, and I also see it as... If you think about life, like what is a priority? Where does it belong in the scale of grand scheme of stuff? Um, helping people that are in distress situations, hence the reason um, I've joined uh, St John's, um, because I want to know who's in my community, and that's given me a great sense of who's in my community. And using a camera is almost like providing a solution or a pathway but with no action. Action speaks so much louder than anything else you can do. And I think that we're just getting a little bit too far away from everything and we need to be more action and less talk, less images, less documenting and actually start doing things with physically doing things. It's easy enough to sit around and talk at a table and decide some solutions to change something but change and the solutions mean zero if you don't actually put it into action because if you want to change something you've actually got to get off your ass and fucking do it you know you can't just sit there and go oh, and talk about it you can't sit around and talk about why the kids are being bad in the neighborhood get off your ass and give them something to do you know help them if you sit there and talk about it nothing will ever change as we closed up the interview, I asked Mike if he had any thoughts around photography and education. My thing is that workshops, I think, I think they're overpriced for a start for the information that they're giving. You know, for our biggest thing at a workshop is the pure fact that you can't be Mike Hill. I can only be Mike Hill and nobody else can be Mike Hill. And what are we, so what are you teaching? 
I can't teach you to be Jonas, I can't teach you to be Daniel Bohane, I can't teach you to do anything like that. Only those people can be themselves. So what actual practical, functional advice can I give these people that's going to help them be whoever they are? Because if they're just going to go out and try and mimic to be me, they're only ever going to be second rate because that's how it works. Our second workshop that we're going to do is, is all about charity. The whole profit will go to charity. Not 10%, not 5% like other people want to do, but the whole lot. Because if you're going to... Uh, I think Jake's doing the Freedom one that he's doing, which is the Loyal Workshop, which is uh, taking sex workers in India out of the trade there and giving them a job and a life and you know a, a lot more positive. Mine's going to be Kids Can. Um, I'm really interested in that and if we end up with enough money I might drop a little bit more onto one of the other um, charities as well but it's for two days work that's not much work to do hours to do to give the people that are going to come and listen enough information to go in and change their own life and probably put a lot more into their own image themselves it's not much work to do in terms of giving a charity a decent leg up with some decent money, not five or ten percent, and line the rest in your own pocket type of thing. Um, I really do think that we need to share more, uh, give uh, people um, the ability to use their cameras, probably less technical and more uh, practical steps. You know, it's it's not about creating a workshop so you can get all these people to turn up, pay mega money and just blow smoke up your own ass. You've actually got to give something. So I'm really um, against a few other ones. The best thing that you can teach for me, I think, to other people that are interested in photography is communication, talking with your clients, interaction. That's where you're going to stop people looking stiff. Stop making them try to look like models. They weren't models before they turned up and you want them to pose in a way that is purely modelish, but they're not models. You know, you got to think about your situations, think about your environment. So that's the little bits and pieces I enjoy teaching is trying to tell people ways that they can make people feel a lot less um, stiff, a lot more casual, a lot more relaxed. I love banter at a weddings. You know, I tell all my clients, you know, that um, I'll give me as much shit as you possibly can. I don't care. I love it. I love people taking the piss out of me because if they're taking the piss out of me, they're happy. And at the end of the day, it's just words. It means zero. So um, I'm always playing up and um, talking about KFC and donuts and whatever it takes because I'm a large man. Um, it's always good to get a few laughs, a few jokes. When uh, I get to work with Jake, it gets even more crazy because we start to bring in the, the ginger side of it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of ginger jokes, so... It's, a, it's kind of a running joke with me and Jake. I don't eat KFC. But I just love to put things, uh, hashtag things that are just as stupid as you can possibly get, like hashtag bacon, you know, hashtag uh, KFC for life. You know what I mean? It's because uh, I'm a big fat brick. So people just naturally think, Bucky must eat a lot of KFC. Um, and that's just how it works. Like, uh, when I go and do a, a wedding with Jake, he knows that he can eat all the lollies in the lolly bar because they'll just look at the fat guy and go, 
that prick ate all my lollies. And you poor thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind. I think it's quite humorous that he takes advantage of that situation. You know. So, yeah, and it's the same thing because I look a little bit like a criminal, um, covered in tats. We were sitting in uh, where were we? we were at uh, Rotorua Forest one day, shooting a wedding, one of his weddings, and me and Jake were a bit further back from everyone, and Jake let out a huge fart. And he just looked at me, and everyone looked at us. And I thought, wow. And I was just about to look at him, and he took two steps away from me and just looked at me, and everyone looked at me. Looking a little bit different, I would say that it makes me, it challenges me again to make sure that the stereotypes that people want to place upon me, that I can challenge them to say that not necessarily does that work like that. And because it's the same thing, it's like people might look at me and think, oh man, he's a bit intimidating. I look at people in Auckland in suits and I find that intimidating. You know what I mean? Well, not intimidating, I feel a little bit sorry for them actually. Thank you, Mike Hill, for your time and your generosity. If you'd like to find Mike online, he's on Instagram at inkandpixels or at mikehillphotography.co.nz. Thank you also to Brooke Singer and her band French for Rabbits for the music you heard throughout this episode. Lastly, thank you for listening. Keep being your wonderful self and I look forward to bringing you more photographers shortly. So, um, what's a podcast? <laughs>